place to land. That's what me and Gary have been talking about, but more than that, experiencing during this one and a half hour conversation. Where I get to share and it lands in him. And he gets to share and it lands in me. And we go into bliss and pleasure and give ourselves and you full-on permission to want. This is a special one, so enjoy. I knew that. You knew that? How did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) It is 30 degrees outside. Oh, wow. For us, 30 degrees Celsius. And for us, that's, you know, it's not that common that it's above 30 in Sweden. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's 25, Mm -hmm. it's a really good summer. And so it's like 25 and a half degrees inside. Um, even though, you know, we keep it closed and shut down and yeah. stuff like that. But it's still, it it adds up after a couple of days of this heat. It, yes, it adds up. Yes. So I've been sitting outside in the garden having my lunch and picking some raspberries. Uh, luscious and wonderful raspberries. Yeah, they are. You know, ripe and sun warm and just, mm, yeah, they're delicious. It is, it is, it is a yummy berry. There are many yummy berries, but they are good. But I am waiting for my mulberry. I have a black mulberry mm. tree mm-hmm. and there's a lot of berries on that this year. And they are not ripe yet, but when they are, ooh, they are something special. Yes. So the ripening of something special is happening everywhere, it seems. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to acknowledge the process of not ripe yet, but ripening. Mm-hmm. And to be at ease with that or relaxed in that, non-resistive of that. And that lusciousness that opens up in its own time. Yeah. Perhaps stimulated by that sunlight or some other nurturance. Yeah. If you don't mind a few blending of metaphors. I don't mind at all. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's so much, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of sensuality in my garden that I pick up on, you know, when I have giant poppies, the big red poppies. And when they, you know, it's like basically I have 
This year I probably had 30, 35 like flowers. Mm. And the first one, you just go, there it is. And then the next day, there's 10. The next day, there's 20, you know. And then a week later, they're gone. And you Mm. just have the gorgeous, um, the bulb of the puppy is just, you know, in and of itself, it's just gorgeous. Yes. Um, and so what color are these puppies? They're they're red. They are very red. Ah. Here comes Pop the cat saying something or other. I think you should be somewhere else. It is hot for him too. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're like they're a deep red. Um, Mm -hmm. and they are so, you know, they have these giant petals. I wonder, do they have five? I think they have five, might be six, but I think they have five, you know, giant Mm -hmm. petals. And they're so, they're so floppy in a sense. They're Mm -hmm. kind of haphazard in how they flop about, you know, there's wind. And so they're just, yeah. They are a very, very special flower. I can, you know, I can just totally kind of dive into the experience of them. And then I leave the, 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 the head of the seed, whatever you would call that, the bulb of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they dry, they're still gorgeous. And, and, you know, I leave them. So not until next spring will I cut them down. So I feel a combination of things already in this part of the discussion. One is that I feel like we have already steeped as in two good teas who are releasing and opening and filling the waters around us. And some of that ripening and lusciousness of ripening as well as that floppy crepe kind of flowery opening, all of which are next to bliss for me. Mm. (laughs) And you know, where a lot of times conversation opens but ceases. And in that resonance, the temperature in this room has gone up quite a bit. As well. <laughs> and I love the dovetailing if you will, with the conversation with Frank, although I haven't heard that yet, but saw the brief write-up. And there's something about entering into the unknown that's akin to this ripening, this steeping in the waters that make 
fine tea, for instance. And I'm just bursting as I sit here. <laughs> and feel like my body is about to explode, but at least Zoom has a way to sort of confine <laughs> the, the particles. I have that option set. <laughs> so I still appear to be configured. <laughs> that was the first time I think that that was the first time I'm consciously aware that I met you like this visually mm -hmm. is in mm -hmm. that open mic session that I attended for the first time and you were there and I mm -hmm. did not know what type of material would be suitable to read. Mm -hmm. I think I've said this even on this podcast perhaps. And you read something about a volcano and I just went, mm -mm, I am going to read my post that is called Bliss because you kind of paved the way or opened the door or just kind of gave me a permission slip to, to step in to read the post that I had picked out as my number one choice, but I had four others just in case I would, you know, check the lay of the land. Um, In my reading of that, there was this sense of what we're speaking about here today, too, this sense of naked openness, discovery, um, blossoming, vulnerability, but not a vulnerability of exposure or deceit, I want to say, or um, pulling back or problem, but this ripening for the aspect of vulnerability that is a ripening. And it's again next to bliss. Do you have that writing the volcano piece? I don't have it near. <clears throat> um, no. Mm -mm. And it would take me some time to find it, but... We should find it for our next session. If you'd want to. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's a fine piece of writing. And suddenly I feel the color of... Yeah, I can see it. And it's not, it's a flushing, it's a ripening, it's yeah. a heat, it's a, yeah. an exposure of the unknown. Yeah. An, or not exposure, because that sounds too problematic, but an opening. The process of opening. I'll see if I can find my little bliss, because that is a post that I really, really like. One that I wrote after the first day of a two-day um, two playful tantra course, a weekend course that I was taking with my dear friend Charlotte. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Can I read it? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Bliss. Presence. Closeness. Finding me in your eyes. Seeing and being seen. In my yes, my no. Lucidity is kindness as always. To breathe Rebirthing, opening up, energies in flux loudly. Body contact, hands caressing my body, soft as a feather. The strength of an arm holding me close, letting my enjoyment be seen, heard. Speaking out loud my inner wish, what I desire, right now, with you and no one else. To speak, be granted my wish. Speaking another, granted yet again. Daring to let go. Daring to let me ask for, be granted, receive. Revel, simply being with it, being with sensuality, caresses. Not taking responsibility for anyone but me. I, here, for me, not you. You, here, for you, not me. In the space in between, we are created. Multiple we's, shifting, growing, weaved together by laughter, eye contact, touch. Shares, laughs, truth and lies, more laughter. Frivolous and heartfelt all at once. That which is significant and that which is insignificant. Elemental massage, like earth, fire, water, air, ether. Heavy, earthed, grounded, powerful, well needed, surprised, sweeter to receive than give which gives me permission after the fact for what I gave. Like a winter swim, tingling skin, awakened, alive. Blood flowing through my veins, rippling, sparkling, a moment of grace. Softly, softly. Caressed by hair, by breath, by the outermost part of the fingertips. More, give me more. Caressed by energy, by the force field generated by closeness and presence, even without physical contact. There is so much more to us. We reach far beyond our physical bodies. The gift that I do dare let myself give, receive. The exquisite thrill, heartfelt and real, far from ABC. The amount of pleasure available to us in life, far beyond what I ever knew, dared, understood, thought myself able to, beginning to understand bliss. It is kind of a nice one, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, and I'm like taken back to that, that day. And 
the use of the word understood or nice as understood, but quite an understatement. (laughs) And there's, there's like somehow in my life, how I have been raised, how I have been grown up in the company I've kept, the culture I've been in. It is like pleasure. Has been. Kind of restricted, kind of penned in. You know, it's like food. Yes, you're allowed to bliss out on food. A great book. Oh, yeah, you're allowed to bliss out on that. Um, The hug of a child or, you know, it's like, or a gorgeous painting or a piece of music. Yeah. But not much more physical than that and not much more intimate and naked than that. Um, It's just not been like a part of, of the context of me growing up and, and, and being an adult. And I'm kind of making up for it somehow, I think. (laughs) I wrote a piece last year about picking some um, blackberries on the front um, and you know I can just ooh, because I feel it because I, I live it as I was picking those blackberries I you know it's like I sense into all that is and then being me I translate that into words on paper because then I see it then it it kind of becomes real with bunny ears um I, I, it's as if it's, it's, it, it, it helps me solidify that aspect of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I am in the wonder of how we as society typically turn that off, that sensuousness. And for me, when I've discovered that in my life, and in all the ways that you have spoken about, in not only the tenderness, but the, it's hard to say the right words, the volcano of it. And not the destructive volcano, but that blissful emergence together. And for me, the forbiddenness of that But when shared in the right ways, 
No wonder there are people, authorities, leaders who chastise that possibility. Mm. And I've had experiences in meeting on one occasion, another woman, where all we had to do was pass by each other. And that tantric nature and sense of volcano, to use that word, even to be a little more specific, the, the intercourse of it, without touching, without embracing, also another dimension of what we're talking about. Where does that come from? And as we spoke about a bit last time, I think that potential is in the air everywhere we humans go. And, you know, the fireflies at night are not the only ones <laughs> just blinking all over the place if we tune into these energies, that tantric nature, that continuum consciously or energetically that happens is all over the place. And when you talk about the flowers and one day there's one and the next day there's 10. <laughs> it's like the universe is trying to show us and teach us something <laughs> everywhere we go. And the fullness of embodiment and the opening of embodiment and the potential of our own neurological experience. It's physical, it's sacred, it's incredible. And part of what I wonder too is in the acknowledgement of all of this, which is in all of us, I think, in some way, our own unique way of experiencing. How, how does this bring acceptance of it, of ourselves, of individuals, of our bodies, of our sexuality, of our natures, into embodied okayness, acceptance, love, and in the right ways, fulfillment? I would love to see that kind of healing generally spreading <laughs> throughout the human collective. And you have shown a lot of that and given me lots of insight and perspective with your writings, as you say, this very poem that you mentioned today and others, lots of it. It's like, wow, let's embrace this in the right ways, in the safe ways, yeah. in the vulnerably yeah. safe And as a human population, somehow I want to say, let's do this thing. <laughs> but meaning the acceptance, the embodiment, the nurturance, the integration of what we're talking about. Let's do this thing. 
Yeah, and there's something to... Uh, like, like two aspects. One, I've read The Erotic Mind by Jack Morin. Is that his name? Yeah, Jack Morin. It's over there. That speaks a lot about about the erotic mind. And again, there's... For there's to be that erotic sensuous energy, it is like the poles of a battery. You know, it's like there's there's a tension, there's a current, there's something that happens there. Mm -hmm. And forbiddenness or... Um, breaking of norms, or you're not supposed to do this, or those aspects can be part of what makes that current, like, zing. Mm -hmm. So reading his book, I see how there's this, there's there's that aspect to to consider this aspect of you know I don't want to say naughtiness but that's the word that comes to mind that that there's there's some tension there which I think is the same type of tension that makes a 10 12 year old kid want to you know steal some money from mom's purse or you know it's like it's that tension it's Where's the boundaries? How far can I go? What will happen? How will this feel? You know, it's like, so there's something to that. But just kind of honoring that, speaking about that, being open about that aspect of it. Yes, please. <laughs> let us, you know, let us be in that conversation. Um, which then brings me to the other thing. Thing that I was thinking as you were speaking, which is there's some type of inherent respect here. Respect for I have my needs, you have your needs, wishes, desires, whatever you want to call them. And it's not mine trumps yours or yours trumps mine or at the expense of or the other thing. It's just this this respectful mutuality somehow that, yeah, it's like we're here and we're, you know, we're kind of shaped a little bit differently and we're kind of tuned a little bit differently and some people will really get that zing going and others just nothing happens, right? Which is fine. And the way it is and the way it should be, you know, but but... But it is it is interesting to to talk about this. It it does. It's like in my mind, it's like there's fireflies going off all over the place, kind of lighting up this thing and this thing and the other thing, and what happens and what if and and you know it's just it's just a really fun place to be in. Um, and this may be slightly off topic, but I was reading something about how certain fireflies or species or whatever that right word is, will tune together. So if you have a field that's open 
you know, the fireflies will all be blinking and synchronizing at the same time. So I think that potential as a collective human consciousness and experience and not as a competitive, that may be, you know, I want to leave the competitive nature out of that, but as the synchronicity of this broader collective of the okayness, the acceptance, the fun, the bliss of it that we're talking about. But I also want to open a couple things you said. Um, So the forbiddenness, what I find in stretching through that for me when that has been true, it's not the forbiddenness, breaking the forbiddenness or the loyalty to that has a certain explosive pleasure to it. But then what opens, as you said, too, is what's been there all along and the freedom of coming into the expression and the experience of that. And for me, when that has happened, it's like, well, I understood now why my third grade, you know, nun in religious training was really against all of these things. But anyway, another part of the topic. But the other thing I want to talk about is, and it's, it's intertwined in this, is that the body neurology, one to the other, is built on resonance, built on relationship. Mirror neurons, interpersonal neurobiology, the safety that you talk about, all of that And I think humans misunderstand that at a relational level, at a social level, at a contextual level, so profoundly misunderstand it, that that's where abuse comes from. Mm -hmm. So without going into all of that, our bodies are thus built for the kind of resonance you're talking about. It's natural. Mm -hmm. It's how we're wired. And when you get into it, as I think we talked a bit about last time, the sacredness to the body, the spirituality, the light body, all of those aspects are co-synchronous with that, coherent with that. And so you get this continuum of the universe coming through us neurologically and experientially in all of these ways that we're talking about. And everything makes sense. Every question that can be asked gets to in this space that we're talking about. Every question of belonging gets resolved. And on and on. (sighs) And I'm sweating talking about this in a good way. I mean, it's the energy, the resonance, the explosion, the neurological continuity you know that started steeping when we first started talking and started talking today as well so i'm broadening that yeah and that resonance is available when you know in many situations which is another part of the topic and not saying this should happen everywhere because it doesn't doesn't need to but yeah it's there
And there's something that I've picked up on in these past few weeks of bedewing, um, where depending on how comfortable a person is with his or her inner volcano, let's say, the ability to experience pleasure, to, to just, you know, again, eating a raspberry or, you know, just touching somebody or, or you know, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to be full-on sex to be that. You know, it's, it's like all of the shades of that. Depending on the level of comfort, of ease, of willingness somehow to just ride the wave whenever it comes, you know, to ride that wave and to make it be seen, heard, whatever. Being with someone like that, for me, who then comes from this context of, yeah, sure, you can be in bliss states, but they are sort of, they're, they're, they're allowed. They are the, the ones that you can speak about in the room. They're not the ones hidden beneath that shouldn't be, shh, you know, don't mention that thing, right? If there's somebody who is comfortable with, with that, for me, it, it, it just makes me just wide open. <laughs> I just go, huh, you can do that? <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm in. Oh, how did, you know, it's like, and it's like trying on a new dance, you know, with steps that you don't really know. You're looking around you seeing, okay, how are they doing this thing? How can I do this thing? Where is my, and then, Gradually, I do increase my sort of my willingness, my ability to let it out of my system because it is not as if I haven't experienced it. It has been in me all along. You know, it's like it's there. That's why it's a volcano. But just what happens when? It's like, ooh, because there's a different feeling within when you let it out. Um, so, kind of same thing, but totally different. Tuesday, I was in a therapy session again with Dominic, and mm -hmm. we were speaking about all sorts of things, lots of childhood stuff coming up, but also... When my firstborn was about to be born and my then-husband walked out on me, I made a conscious decision. Because up until that time, I was just past 27. Mm -hmm. I had kept stuff in. Hurts, wrongdoings, anxieties, questions, conundrum, you know, it's like whatever it was, I'd kept it inside. The amount of, of lonely abandoned railroad tracks I've walked as a kid, 
you know, just endless, trying to work it out by myself within me, having conversations within me with the person I should have had it with, rather than actually having the conversation in, out, openly. And when, when, when I was, you know, when we were kind of abandoned, because that's really what happened, you know, life shifted. And I had such a strong sense that I have to shift this. If I deal with this stuff in the same way that I've dealt with everything for 27 years, I will kill myself and I will kill my baby. I cannot, I must not, I, you know, I won't. I just, I just can't. So I then shifted and, and was very kind of, you know, I was clear. I asked for help in, you know, in various ways of various people, some really, really close to me, some not so close to me, but still friends, you know, it's like I asked and I talked and I shared with everybody. Maybe I went too far, but at the moment, that was what I needed to do because my pattern was I turned the knives inside and I would just be stabbing myself over and over and over and over again, like metaphorically. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit that, that I'm, when I now say that, Here's somebody who shows me that you can actually express the, the experience of pleasure, of bliss, out. It's like, oh, yeah, because I've been experiencing it in, closed, like keeping it hidden. Um, and it, you know, it's like, okay, what happens if I don't? What happens if I open it up? Um, It's good. And it, it sounds like you had, back to what we had talked about earlier, the acceptance. People around you who nurtured that even. And, and it's fascinating to me, and again, this has come through your writing and has informed me, Um. And I've had that, the same experiences walking those lonely railroad tracks, you know, trying to find something of myself that had been lost years and years ago. And how universal those experiences are, I think. And how crazy that is that we learn that kind of losing ourselves through how we're brought up. You know, aspersions cast to people who are doing the best they can, but nonetheless, how that losing of oneself is a relatively universal experience. Mm -hmm. And you, you said, you know, it shifted for you. And would you mind saying more about that? You said, you know, it's that you don't kill yourself or kill your child in any way, shape or form, even the energetic or emotional ways that that might be done. But I think it'd be, I would love to hear more about what carried that shift? What drove that shift? Why did that shift happen? And I think there's a golden nugget in that too, 
that would be worthy of sharing broadly. So I I think it's it's um I've I've spoken about this before, but when when he called my my first husband called and broke it off with me. Um, mm-hmm. I spent about twenty four hours wishing that he'd come back. He'd change his mind, and and once that happened, um, it was like there was some site, some type of acceptance and finality to that. Mm-hmm. What I did then was, again, I did ask myself, do I like who I am? And I think this aspect of me is one of the aspects of me that I said, no. I kept things in. I was negative. I could find faults. And imagine, if I can find faults within, I can find faults without. You know, it's like, check on that one, right? World champion. Um, but but I haven't I haven't thought about this. So it's interesting because for me, I have just said it as I didn't like who I was, and and I've I've put that thing that I was the most negative person in the world. You know, the most negative person I'd ever known. But. Mm-hmm. You're now opening up for me to see that there's actually more to that thing that I didn't want to carry forth into my new life. And and being closed off, kind of not being trusting, I think. That's mm-hmm. probably... That's probably... Um, a, a big part of that. And it's like you say, somehow I, I knew I cannot, if not physically, I will energetically kill off myself and, and my baby if I, if I, if I deal with the situation at hand from that perspective, from a perspective where I don't trust people, where I don't see possibilities, where I keep everything inside. And, you know, there's that, what's the saying? Um... Being angry at somebody or hating somebody is like taking poison and imagining the other person should die from it. It's like, yeah, you're poisoning yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's that sense of if I keep keeping everything inside, I am literally feeding myself and the baby that was in my tummy poison. And if we continue to there's still a bit to me, I don't know if this is true or not, but the ship that we're talking about is still a bit on its side. I wonder. And there's something else. There's another golden nugget, I think, 
that you really did that righted the ship. All of this, not trusting, not seeing, you know, not living outwardly and wanting all of those. And perhaps it's that wanting all of those that is really that part of that volcano. I want to trust. I want to be seen. I want to see potential. I want to live. I want pleasure. I want bliss. And I wonder if that was really what was emerging and saying, yes, I don't want to not be trustful and I don't I don't want these negatives, but I want. And you know, I came from a position where I'd stayed in this marriage, in this relationship, because I thought so little of myself that I should be satisfied with the fact that I had gotten somebody who could put up with me. I have my parallel with that. I think many people do. Yeah. And not diminishing you or I, but just broadening that for the yeah. collective. So, but, but, so as the pregnancy had carried forth, you know, there were moments of me just realizing I, I want to give my kid a childhood that I cannot give her. So, you know, it's like how much of that was then the, crucial ingredient that made me like grieve what hadn't been what actually hadn't been mm -hmm. for like 24 hours and then go okay now next book not even next chapter it's like next book um because I had had that seed, the seeds of that. There's something that is really missing. I want something else. And I love that permission to acknowledge. I want. And it's not grotesque in any way, like many of us are brought up to feel. I want something Yes. And like you said in the poem, you know, I'm here for me and the we that's created. It's not tyrannical or dominion over. Mm. It has a natural balance. I want mm. to be seen and others want to see you. But that, the lusciousness in hearing you say that, back to the fruits the blossoms I want to write them I want to come forward we all have that and it's so condemned in many ways to even say that I want I want life and love and beauty and bliss and you know, to enjoy my sexuality and enjoy others appropriately. 
enjoy what nature has to offer, to give, to nurture what nature has to offer. I want. It's sacred. It's not obscene. It's not grotesque. When done in the context of what we're speaking about. I want it. It's a prayer. And it brings tears to my eyes to say it in that way. Here too. <laughs> I am. Um, in my bedewing experiences, um, this master class in interpersonal relationships or, you know, whatever it is. Um, somebody asked me what it is that I want. Somebody asked me, what is it you want? And it's just, you know, it can go, hmm, what do I want? It's like, what, what is that thing? So I was, I was, we were back and forth chatting about this and I wrote that just what you said, I want to be seen. You know, see me. Thank you. And I was, yesterday I picked up a new book. I probably have like 12 books going at the moment, but somehow it's not the right ones. So I picked up another book, which is called Deeper Dating by some Ken Page or something. Never heard of him before, but it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to do, by doing, I might as well read this book. And I've just read the preface, but in it he actually says the same thing. He says, it's okay to want to be seen. It's okay to want to be, you know, held and, and all of that. And I was reading that yesterday and I started crying. Because you're right, we have somehow, it's been thwarted right it's like it's okay to want the new car the new iphone the new the bigger house the, the better pool the i don't know whatever handbags for x thousands of dollars you know it's like or the thailand trip or the florida visit or you know those are kind of allowed Speaking again on this bliss topic, it's like those are allowed things to want. Mm -hmm. But if you want love, if you want to be seen, if you want to be in a relationship, then you're all of a sudden like 
clingy and needy and this and that and the other thing. And I read that because he was writing that. And I just went, yeah, here's a little facet of me where I can do gentler towards myself. And in, in my experience, many times when we're innocent as kids and express a want, we get shamed for that. Mm. And we learn to go, oh, that's bad. I shouldn't want all those things you said. I'm needy. I'm clingy. There's a parent going, oh, I don't have time for you right now. You know, get away. You know, go to your, go to your father, go to your your mother, whatever. We learn that so much. And again, not casting aspersions at parenting across the board. It's just how we pick these things up and learn it so innately because of the resonance that we talked about earlier as well. And yeah, so to be gentle with yourself in that. Hey, it's okay. And to surround ourselves as well with people who want to see us and to risk extending that and building that community into the collective. You know, I would broaden it to say, I hope that's what humans are working on at a collective consciousness level, but keeping it a little bit smaller at the moment. Mm-hmm. The human community. I mean, I love in that, expanding that a little, you know, sensing all the people of the world and going, I want to see you. It's okay. I want to see you. And of course, our institutions and nations aren't built for that yet, totally, but I think we could extend that wish as well. I want to see you. Yeah. Whoever you are. And there's a link, there's a link here to, to the shame aspect for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in a call um, with Dominic Saturday morning and he asked a question. I started crying because he's like a conduit for me now. He's like, you know, he, he knows just and then... And I let myself feel all of that things that I hadn't let myself feel for the past two weeks or whatever it was. And then I was in a in a Zoom conversation with Allison afterwards, and and I was telling her about this, and she looked at me and says, "He really sees you." I was like, "Yeah." And. No, I I say that I've written about this, that when I learned, when I first realized I didn't have to be so harsh on myself was when I 
started to be able to to meet the me that I see mirrored in you. Right? When we're in conversation, shit happens within me, right? And, and before, when I was harsh on myself, I would not, did not dare actually meet you because I was so afraid of what might come up. So that was like, that was the shift. It's like, okay, I started to meet people when I learned how to do gentle towards myself. And now this past year of working with my shame, it's as if there's, I, I have dropped down deeper in me. I'm willing to see more of me mirrored in you right so i'm 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 able to and wanting to meet others on a level that i wasn't able to before um because on that level that was like my shame level right it's like mm -hmm. Cannot, must not. Okay, so I kept, you know, and, and I've been meeting people. I feel I have been meeting people for real for the past at least 10 years. But, but I, I feel now that, okay, you know, I've leveled up on that meeting game somehow. It's like there's, there's more because there's more aspects of me that I no longer try to avoid, escape, keep hidden, uh, condemn, judge myself for. It's like, okay, here it is. Not all of it is really pretty, but this is it. All right. And I think mm -hmm. this being seen thing is like, oh, because I'm allowing myself to be seen on a different level than before. And, and for me as well, part of what you say with Dominic and others, when you say the general you, a friend of mine, Kara, said this beautifully, I thought, the other day. Um, and you're saying the same thing, but I, I, just adding these words to the conversation. She said, no matter what it is I give or who it is I am or what it is I say, what it is I open of myself, in you, there's a place for it to land, a place for it to be received. And there is the depth of a new intimacy, I think, that we're also talking about. And the same with you. There's a, when whatever I say, there's a place for it to be, to land in you and not just be passed over or ignored or diminished or made irrelevant in any way. It's received. And whether it's my fear or my shame, you know, whatever those elements are, to have that received and to be able to share that relationship, that receipt, if you will, that place.
place for each of us to land in ourselves and in the other. Oh. <laughs> yes, in other words. <laughs> and the deeper you go, as you're, as you're saying, I'm just you know feeding back, but pointing out the deeper you go, the deeper I'm able to go and vice versa. And not just you and me, but with, with everybody, the deeper somebody is, as you talked about originally in terms of the blissful and sensual experience, the deeper another is able to go, gives me permission to go, oh, yeah. there's a receipt to that. Yeah. Vice versa. Yeah, it's an imitation. Again, I'm always broadening, but for us as a human community, to develop that same inner depth so that we can have ourselves landed in ourselves and offer that to people, generally speaking, our children, our spouses, our friends, our neighbors, our human brothers and sisters, you know, across the world when we meet them or even energetically. Yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> we'll have a place to land. Ah, yes. And it's 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 interesting to hear you say that. I, I had a conversation with a friend who shared something that she's only shared with one other person and, and she like she wasn't getting what she needed. It didn't land. That's the thing, it didn't land. So she shared with me and there was a place for it to land. And when shared expression doesn't land, I would dare say it creates trauma. Yeah. Painfully so. Yeah. And how much in many of our experiences growing up or as young, younger people, et cetera, are expressing and not having a place for it to land. There's a lot of trauma. But this having a place heals that. It heals it. Yeah, which goes back to what, you know, when, again, when my firstborn was born and, and I, I asked for what I needed and it landed in people. You know, it's like I didn't have I don't recall having anybody not be able to 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 receive me. You know, sometimes physically too. It's like, can I come stay? <laughs> you know, I don't want to yes. be alone. Can I come stay? And they said, yes, you're welcome. Come, we have a you know we have a guest bed for you. Like, oh, thank you. 
And, and I trust that these meandering conversations, you know, generally and across the board of what you're having, another way to say it might be that, you know, they're providing a place for people to land in different ways. I love that. I love that. So I'm feeling the same thing that I very often feel in 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 therapy sessions with Dominic. It's it's this it's a type of loving and grateful sadness somehow. Mm. You know, it's like there's there's some sense of of There is a sense of sadness in it, but it's not, it's not, it's not an acidic sadness. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's, um, there's calm to the sadness. It's, it's just, it's a, There's a letting come somehow in it. That is interspersed with these very like vibrant strands of, of gratefulness, of gratitude, of, of just, wow. I have a friend like Gary, you know, I can have conversations like this with a friend like Gary, you know? And I have an Allison and a Frank and a Dominic and a Caspian and, and a Mike mm-hmm. and a Beverly and, yeah. you know, all of these. Mm-hmm. Yes. And us with you. And also with me. And I just... Yeah. Yeah, it's special. And for me, as you speak, my experience is also of that, and you said it very well, non-acidic sadness and gratefulness. And there's there's a sense of ripened fruit back to the top of the conversation. That's just so sweet and full of nectar and full of juiciness. And a bit of bliss in it too. It's really pretty exquisite. And to hold all of that together just want to say yes yeah it's a sense of this feeling it's it's like a basket it's like a, mm-hmm. it's a hand 
woven basket of willow. Full of fruit. <laughs> full of fruit. Full of fruit. And it's, you know, it's like it holds this fruit in it. And, and that's the energy of it. You know, last time I was like bouncing off the walls and floors and whatnot, just with this astonishing feeling of, of loving life, of loving being me, right? It has a totally different energetic vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this sense, it is this, this basket and it's like, it's, it's, you know, there's room for more. And if you need one of those flowers or berries or fruits in it, you're free to take one, right? Yeah. A cornucopia. Great being in this basket with you. Yeah. We have a saying in Swedish that is called balsam för själen. So balsam is you know you have balsam in your hair it's the conditioner Mm -hmm. but to say conditioner for the soul really doesn't (laughs) at all convey the same thing so i'm going is balm the same type of thing it's like it's it's you know it's a it's a it's smooth and it's soft and it's just there's no jagged edges there's just, there's love and acceptance and tenderness. And it's, it's that for the soul. It's like, you can, you can rest here. You can nourish yourself. You can regain energy. You can heal. Um, and be ready for and nurtured for and energized with and resourced with and for the next volcano. Yeah. Mm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it's, it's fun. I've been, I've been back on Twitter since end of March, 2021. Right. So a couple of months and, um, just the other day, I started to discover this little sensuous, erotic, lust-filled, pleasurable aspect of Twitter. There's like a hashtag called Haiku Lust. And there's erotic Twitter or erotic 365 or something. It's like, you know, just little snippets of pieces where people 
write. Oh, how they write. And in a sense, it is a way of keeping, you know, keeping the, the bubbles of the volcano, you know, you kind of keep them bubbling, right? It's, it's a great way to just, it's almost as a primer, right? It's a primer. I see one of those tweets. I, there was one tweet the other day that was just, oh, my goodness, this is hot. So I retweeted it and somebody in my following responded saying, shit, I almost, you know, I almost spilled my cup of tea. <laughs> like whoo that was hot I was like yeah <laughs> it's just oh more of this to the people right it's like yes bring it out bring it forth it's like and and that's what I I, I wrote that I said that it's so wonderful to see these this aspect of humanity of, of life there as well because it makes twitter wholer more whole right it's like yes this aspect of us has to have a place there too right. place to land mm -hmm. yes a place to land yeah. yeah that's a healthy use of technology <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's it's quite um you know it's like people are just so People are so skilled. I'm so impressed by people. What people can create, words they can string together in ways that makes people almost drop their, you know, teacup. Because it's just, oh, shit, I know precisely where that landed in me, right? It's like, oh, shit. And this gorgeous. Yeah, it is exquisite. That's that's the word. It is exquisite. Um <laughs> I'm dimming my eyes in a certain sense because I did some integrative deep body work of my own the other day in a meditation. It's like, yeah, to have that stuff land deeply. <laughs> all here <laughs> yes and, and and you know to to like somehow come into the embodied sense of that you know there's more stuff going to our brain there's more signals going to our brain than the other way around because because you know all of the gazillion nerves on our skin just that is you know it's like kind of a our brain isn't this thing inside the head it's like it is throughout our bodies it's like there's constantly signals going in to the brain is like there's information and there's a lot of shortcuts where the signal doesn't need to go all the way up to the brain. It's like I'll send it from my hand to my foot. That's, you know, I'll just do that 
right off. It doesn't need to go that detour up to the brain. We can work this out, right? So we're like a distributed network of of intelligence, I guess you could say, of of, of embodiment. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm I'm picking up on more. I'm I'm consciously, I should say, becoming mm-hmm. more aware of of my body, of of more parts of my body, um, which is a, a kind of a fun way of of being in the world. Uh, not the least when you're reading haiku lust on Twitter, <laughs> but. But it's like, you know, I also, I go barefoot as much and as often as I can, outside, inside, wherever. And it's the same. There's so much sensation. It's like I'm with. I'm with. And I love all of that and the deep integration that you're speaking about. And what fascinates me is the simultaneity of it all. The heart's beating, the eyes are seeing, the thumb is feeling the foot, you know, everything that you just mentioned. There's nothing, the body's not missing a beat, if you will, of any of that. It's all simultaneously. And back to the interpersonal neurobiology, I think we have the ability to start to sense into that aspect of each other in terms of giving and receiving that level of information what do we do with that consciousness as it opens I'm all about that too you're all about a lot of stuff So now my leg started to tingle. <laughs> Good bumps. Um, and so here's now I'm like kind of connecting back to what your friend Kara said. Mm-hmm. That landing place. I wonder if that's not also linked to this aspect of, of kind of coming into like we are all embodied right it's like we are all in our body we would not be able to function if it wasn't these signals going back and forth and whizzing throughout but our cognitive mind in the society we live in in the culture we live in is so premiered so lauded that Yes, I think many people do what I have done for 40 years of my life or 35 at least, kind of cut off at at the neck and then Mm -hmm. put a couple of feet on so you can at least walk around, right? But Mm -hmm. things in between, nah. mm -hmm. So there is not a lot of space for things to land. But if you're with people who are like, I'm here, <laughs> all of me. There's a lot of places for stuff to land because there's, yeah. room. there's room. And with a body tied infinitely to an energy body, to the light body, 
and its connections to the extensions of the universe, there's an infinite sense of that here within our bodies. We don't have to go to some other planet to get it. I was listening to Breeder, uh, Paolo Coelho's book about a about an Irish witch, you can say, an Irish young lady. Um, and it kind of speaks to this. It's it's the same I get the same type of feeling mm. from when I listen to that book that what we're speaking about here it's like there there you know it's like in every one of us this this potential this ability this this room is there. Um. And when it's not in another, those who have that greater depth can sponsor that, can share it, can help to show yeah. that yeah. completion in somebody else. Yeah, and that's what happens, you know, it's like it's some type of initiation, training and initiation in the book. And and it's like, so I wonder at that, because I've been thinking about initiation a lot, and there's a lot of, like, talking about it and and stuff. It's like, because I live in a culture where a lot of the initiations into coming, you know, out of childhood into teenhood, coming out of teenhood into adulthood, coming into, you know, it's like there's a lot of initiations that have gotten lost along the way or kind of diminished, not like, it's like the... the, the fullness of them, the, the richness of them, the possibility to give nourishment of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no, it's it's a pill. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, give me the spread, right? Give me the table, the buffet table. That's what I want. I don't want the, you know, but yeah, but we've condensed it all down to this pill. You can take, swallow it after dinner, you're fine. It's like, no, right, I want right. the buffet. Um I wonder Everything. how much that impacts our then the the ability to kind of turn into to walking talking heads and, and not have this room for stuff to land in. We objectify the events. Yeah. Instead of this depth of experience and acknowledgement that they were originally intended to be. Yeah. This level of I want to see you move through this period into marriage or adulthood or 
yeah. whatever the conveyance it is. And I also feel that healthy relationships can really at all times with the right intent or most of the time be this kind of healthy initiation. Who are you becoming? How can I nurture that? How can I support you in that? What is it of you that wants to be seen? That's what this interpersonal neurobiology is all about, to put it in those terms, but it's this nurturance of each other. This initiation through the moment into who we each are becoming. Oh, yes. Well put. Why not? Why not? And since we're in relationship of all kinds at all times, no matter what, yeah, let's make them healthy. <laughs> this healthy nurturance basket of fruit. Yeah, and kind of you know realizing that I don't need to I don't need to feed from everybody's basket. Right? It's like there's there's basket with, with stuff yeah. that I don't need that right now, but the neighbor down the street is dying for it. Right? Right, right. Well said, yes. Yeah. Hmm. And when each basket is truly honored in terms of holding what we're talking about, physically, emotionally, energetically, sensuously, sumptuously, deliciously, and sacredly and infinitely, you don't really have to go to every basket. <laughs> it's, it's okay one. to try as, try as many as you... <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Arm to fork, if you will, takes a whole different meaning. <laughs> this basket is good. <laughs> hmm. Which reminds me of what you said. Was it last time or the time before? I don't remember when you were like talking about going in the water, just diving in. Just, you know, just, just dive in. waters of Mother Earth that in effect have been around for billions of years. Yeah. The embryonic field of that as well as what we talked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So there's something to a place to land that just, you know, makes, makes me go, ooh. And it's, I think it is this, this acknowledgement of it, acknowledging, like actually seeing who do I have like that? What are these souls where I can land, where I can put something out and it will land and they will, it's like becoming conscious of that. And helping others to become conscious of it and taking that into their lives. And you're building these places to land all over the world. Nurturing all the baskets. Yeah, yeah. These yeah, are just showing us the way. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a little bit what I I would is like it just it rings in me that there's there are some people that I want to contact. You know, to just. To just share that, to just let them know that that is what I perceive. That is what I am gifted with, right? It's like there's... Because again, we want to be seen, right? I think we all do. Yeah. There couldn't be so much shame and trauma in the world were that not to be the a priori um, fabric, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and just a bit of an aside, but within this, you know, that bee comment a few minutes ago reminds me of on a Vitex Agnus plant, I think it's called. It's a beautiful spiked purple, light lavender purple blooms. There was. I was watching the bees the other day. This whole bush is in bloom. And there were so many bees on it. You know, it, it was just like this, this attraction. It's like I just had to go towards this bush. There was so much energy and so much uh, hum and buzz. And, and this one bee was like, it was so explosive. The volcano of going to as many of those little flowers as possible. It was like, whoa. <laughs> It's like a lot in there too. But it's it's the whole embodiment of what we're talking about. But yeah, so the, yeah, the bees are teaching the way in that respect. So. What a lovely image. Yeah. So go out and be. Be who we are. Yeah. Be natural, be volcanic, be tender.
be curious, be gentle. Great swimming with you. It is. It is some good waters. It is some good waters, Carrie. Yeah, it is. Thanks for another most exquisite swim. And I'm not going to dry off for quite a while. I'll let that mm. happen naturally. <laughs> How wise of you. That's actually one of the perks of, of you know, I, I, if I can avoid it, I don't go swimming anymore in swimsuits. I go to the nude beach uh, yeah. because it's just so much lovelier. But that aspect is also so much lovelier because when I then get up, I don't have a wet, clammy suit that I feel I need to take off so that I let myself dry off. I let myself stay in the water or with the water for as long as it kind of takes until I go, okay, now I'm ready to take the next step. I don't have to like get the water away from me. It's like it can, it can evaporate and, you know, probably soak into me a little bit. And, and you know, then I'm, then I'm ready. And there's another acknowledgement of the ebb and tide of the water in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ebb and tide. Yeah. It's the letting go and the letting come. Thank you for today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Our pleasure. Most definitely. And I will take this full basket and pass it around wherever I go today. Raspberries, anyone? <laughs> Mulberries are not quite here, but raspberries, anyone? They're <laughs> here. Yeah. I'll be back next week with the mulberries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> Hi, my friend. You keep popping those raspberries in and offering them. I think you will do good deeds. Amen. <laughs> Take care, my friend. <laughs> Help. <laughs> A great day. I know Thank I will. The rest of it.
Take care. Enjoy. Bye.